Welcome back to another exciting week of Easy and PK Talk Fantasy Football. Easy couldn't make it this week, and so I called up one of my dearest old friends to join us for the pod to be my uh, to be my co-pilot here today. Mr. James Aaron Bavakwa is joining us from beautiful White Bear Lake. Yeah, coming in from White Bear. Thanks for letting me sit in and join the conversation here. Excited to to chat a little bit here. Absolutely. I made the I made the call to the bullpen and I could think of no finer fill in for Elliot this week. One of uh, my dearest friends, Aaron, you maybe all caught the pod last week where I talked about how many years we've been friends. 35 years that, by my count. They go by quick. Yeah. About, I mean, kindergarten. So yeah, we were five, six years old then and just keep stacking know, years. Right? Keep stacking years. Memory's a weird thing. There's research now that says like your memories aren't real, that you create this reality through memories. And so all the details get really, really like jumbled up or we remember things that we want to remember mm-hmm. because it makes for like a nice narrative in our head. But do you remember the first time we met? I, I like there's snapshots of like sitting in the kindergarten circle time or something and talking about letters i have like a vague memory of that kind of stuff i remember a couple of long tables yeah sitting down across from you and talking about letters and i'd never met you before but thankfully you're just seemingly an extroverted person and you're just hi my name is aaron it's actually james (laughs) but my family calls me aaron and and i was just like oh hi aaron (laughs) it was that that seems to jump out at me. Like the very first detail about you was that you don't actually go by your given name. That I have aliases in yeah, kindergarten. Already at, you just turned six years old and you already have an alias. <laughs> For some reason, I feel like your, your name, I, I'm sure as many of us get older, we go by different names professionally, maybe. Do you go by James professionally or do you go by Aaron? Uh, I go by Aaron for the most part, I still, it's still an ongoing battle. Like I, I've got one of my work emails still says James and my poor students get confused. And I'm like, just, if you see James Bavacqua, it's me, it's there's, and I have to explain every semester what's going on. And cause it is just impossible to get in touch with, to fix this. So it's a battle I have yet to correct. Is it, is it true? I remember also visiting your house as a young child and you had this like hand-painted mural of Hank Aaron. Are you, is your name, middle name Aaron because of Hank Aaron? That's what I'm told. Yeah. That uh, all right. it was, it was named after Aaron Hank. And baseball runs in your blood. Aaron and I have been playing baseball together since we, since T-ball and all the way through high school. So we definitely have that, that sort of connection. I guess we're going down a slight rabbit hole here. We aren't actually talking fantasy football, but let, let's let's keep it going. Baseball, Texas Rangers yeah. just won the World Series last night. Two years ago, they were a hundred and two loss team, and now this year they're World Series champs. What what do you make of this? That's a it's a pretty amazing turnaround. I mean, when you think about that that swing, it's and how many times teams that we've cheered for have been that low and it just seems like you know when an impossible hill to climb to get competitive again and for them to do that so quickly is it's pretty remarkable i mean and with the guys they have i mean i haven't followed baseball closely enough to be like oh they're 
loaded with guys that are have been great for a while. Like I recognize Seeger's name, but not a lot of like the superstars that you hear of every day. So it's it's cool to see that they've got a good uh, collection of of guys that have been uh, pulled together. Absolutely. Well, if you're a Twins fan, Garv Sauce is yeah. their catcher. So it's nice to see that and he had big hits in that in that series too. So yeah. He's, he's, he was a big hitter for the Twins, and I don't even know what we traded him for or if he just left in free agency, but that was certainly a piece to their puzzle. And they got Scherzer at the trade deadline, and he did all right. He pitched game three, right? Did he get, a, did he get the win? Yeah, I feel like he came out fairly early in the games I watched him throw, but not my favorite. But yeah. <laughs> he's, yeah. he's a recognizable name. He's the big name, I guess, the superstar that you'd, you'd recognize. Yeah. Well, let's let's get to the football. My first question for E every week is tell us about last week. What did you see? You can talk about your game, you can talk about any game. What are your impressions, surprises from last week? Well, last week it seemed like and maybe it's cuz it was the full slate NFL schedule, but that a lot more points scored. Like it seemed like the scores were higher, maybe that most of the games were were closely contested which was cool to see that just, you know, every matchup could be a battle. The brother bowl coming out to the last day was, was fun to watch and, you know, it ended up being like a 30 point spread, but that was a, uh, that was a fun one to, to kind of take a look at. And then of course the, uh, heavyweights going at it. With, yeah. At the top of the league, the one and two teams went head to head and they didn't disappoint. I've got the numbers up right now. Josh, Barely missed 200 points, 199 to John's 186. So John loses for the first time since week one, and Josh keeps it rolling. He now has five of the last six weeks where he is the league high score. So it's it's looking inevitable at this point for him to run away with the league high score and a first-round bye. So pretty impressive. I actually got a chance to talk with Josh just last weekend. We chatted about the league, and he's just really keeping it in perspective. He built his team up to what it is, but he's not getting too carried away. He's not not too confident. I mean, he's confident, and he should be because his team, sure. the, the numbers speak for itself. But he's just always uh, been a, a, a real level-headed guy, and it's it's nice to it's nice to have. I mean, I love everybody in our league. I don't have a a bad word to say about anybody. Yeah, he can he could gloat a little bit if he wanted to. He he's absolutely earned it. I mean, he's got a, a complete juggernaut of a squad there, and would not fault him at all for basking in the glory as it as it is right now. I was just gonna say, especially with how fickle fantasy football can be, you know, where you feel like you're on top of the world one week and then can be undercut. His squad seems pretty uh, stable, but those swings can happen quickly. So enjoy the wins as they come. Absolutely. A little plug for my team here. I am the only team to beat him thus far this season back in week two. And that is his lowest week as well. So I I got him on the best week. You can all thank me for preventing (laughs) an undefeated regular season. I'll I'll officially thank you. Thank you, Pat. Yeah. Oh, you're welcome. You're welcome. So far in the since the inception of our league, only John, I do believe, has gone undefeated in a, in a regular season. But unfortunately, he did not win the Golden Football that year. He lost really? in the championship game, if I do remember correctly. 
Got a little Patriots vibe going there. Yeah, absolutely. I was talking to my students this week about this. They were all down and out. And we'll get to this, the Vikings quarterback mm. injury situation. But all my students were pretty down and out on my Monday afternoon. And I was like, listen, I got two words for you. Eli Manning. <laughs> <laughs> Do you remember that season? Eli Manning led the New York Giants to 8-8, eight and eight, made the wild card barely. I want to say on the last weekend of the season. And he somehow leads his team through the playoffs, NFC Championship, into the Super Bowl against the undefeated yeah. New England Patriots. And Eli Manning, I think it was the David Tyree helmet yeah. catch. Vikings fans, I'm concerned. We all should be because sure. of the unknown of this quarterback situation that we'll get into next. But you just got to make the playoffs. Something that John Nelson said when we interviewed him a couple of pods ago, he, he really just is trying to make the playoffs because all you need is a spot in the tournament and anything can happen. Vikings fans, just let's go there. Okay, right? You yeah. ready for the Vikings? Oh, absolutely. The Vikings spin? Okay, yeah. So I think if you've been sleeping under a rock, if you don't know that Kirk Cousins is done for the season. What? Possibly shocking. <laughs> um, possibly for his Vikings career because his contract runs out at the end of the season. Just this week, uh, Kevin O'Connell had made comments that he's going to try and convince him to come back. I guess, I mean, that's a two-way street, right? Like, Kirk yeah. Cousins has to want to come back, and there's no guarantee he'll be the starting quarterback depending on how this season ends up. We could mm -hmm. lose the rest of our games and get a top-10 pick and get one of those young quarterbacks, or we could make the playoffs, and uh, who knows. But either way, I think Kurt needs to put it in his perspective a little bit uh, that he needs to he needs a team-friendly contract. Whatever contract is next, it needs to be team-friendly for the Vikings if he's going to want to win a Super Bowl. What are your thoughts? Kirk Cousins, quarterback situation in the Vikings. they got this rookie this week. What do we trade for? Josh Dobbs at the trade yeah. deadline. What are your thoughts? My thoughts are this Cousins injury, probably good for Vikings 2024. Bad for him this year, obviously. They're not going to, you know, high doubts that either Hall or Dobbs carries them very far. But I think, kind of like you mentioned with Jefferson injury, that addition by subtraction kind of thing, I think that's really let Addison get the reps he's needed to establish himself in the league and, and get, the, get the number of looks and show that what he can actually do. And I think that's helped in that capacity. I think this is going to force them to maybe figure out that it's going to help to have a ground game, to actually be able to run the ball and to move some things around. And then I think, for Cousins, and this is a point actually I was talking to my dad about it and, and that he brought up was is probably a good thing in terms of where they're gonna where he'll end up next year. I mean, him trying to get a contract from somebody else hitting free agency, that would be a hard sell for another team, I would think, at thirty five, thirty six, just giving that guy a bunch of money. Or Minnesota, you come back probably at a much steeper discount than if he'd have been healthy coming off as a solid year where they fizzle out in the playoffs again. Not that they would have fizzled out in the playoffs. You know, who knows what would happen. But um, they might be able to get him back, send him to a couple-year contract, and maybe involve him a little bit more in selecting a predecessor if that's what he, uh, you know, if we learn from the mistakes that happened from our neighbors in Green Bay. If you can actually have those conversations, then 
he might be in a good spot to have a, a pretty well-rounded squad in 24 if they can have a team-friendly contract, solidify their defense a little bit better going into the next year. That's that's my thought. So that's my optimism, which is always wait till next year. My optimism is more more in your face, I think, at this point. I'm I'm not scared about this. I yeah. think, yeah, no, I'm obviously I'd want Kirk Cousins in there. I think he's had a great start of the year. If he stayed in there with the way the defense is playing and cross your fingers, all of our injury situations outside of Kurt clear up, I thought we were likely to compete for the division, at least, sure. you know, compete with the Lions for the division. But now I, I have faith in Kevin O'Connell. Maybe it's blind, stupid faith. But I told one of my students, I said, they could, they could put you in at quarterback. I believe <laughs> Kevin O'Connell's uh, system is... In, a, in such a way that he can scheme for regular Joe off a of triple A, you know, double A to use a baseball reference, just mm-hmm. bring up somebody from the practice squad and still win a game. The passing schemes, the, you know, the short crosses and the use of the middle of the field with Hawkinson, if you can get the ball out of a player's hand in two seconds or two and a half seconds, he doesn't have to drop back and throw bombs. He doesn't have to keep it, the play alive with his legs. Sure. like you see with Patrick Mahomes or something. Yeah. He just needs to take a three-step drop, get your first read, nope, second read, nope, third read, throw it away. And I think we our defense will keep us in enough games and our passing game with whoever's standing back there could keep us tight enough where we could be competitive for the rest of the, the, rest of the season. And I don't hate the Josh Jobs trade. Yeah. I, I mean, I looked at some of the numbers he was putting up in Arizona, and in one of my leagues, he's the twelfth high, you know, twelfth yeah. ranked quarterback fantasy wise. And it wasn't his fault. Arizona's trash. I mean, they <laughs> right. have what? They have Hollywood Brown, and now this young tight end up and coming. Their defense isn't anything to write home about. They're not good. Yeah. And it wasn't Josh Dobbs' fault. So yeah. as soon as they said they were benching him for this rookie just to take the place of somebody until Murray comes back, I have a feeling they knew that the Vikings were sniffing around at Josh Dobbs as well. You know, don't you, don't you have that feeling? Like yeah, they, trade deadline coming up, Vikings all of a sudden. That they wanted yeah, to make like, oh, those announcements yeah. first. But uh, yeah, you're right. I mean, Arizona hasn't been good. And if, if they don't, they're not asking too much of Dobbs. He can also use his legs a little bit more, which adds, you know, he's not like a. Yeah, he had like 200 rushing yards this season yeah. in eight games. Like he's picking up 40 a game with his legs alone probably the reason they beat Dallas from what I remember the highlights of that game is, you know, he was unaccounted for as he's like sprinting out for 15, 20 yard pickups here and there. So let's remember Josh Dobbs was on the Cleveland Browns all of preseason and then gets traded to the Cardinals before week one on a half, on a half a week and picked up that offense pretty quickly. Who's to say he doesn't sit this week all of a sudden picks up the Vikings offense. I mean, it's not going to be mastery of the playbook, but enough to, to be functional. And, you know, you got a couple pass plays. You got more run plays. I mean, the run game, everybody knows their run blocking schemes. Nobody has a problem with the run game. Okay. I mean, our run game's not blowing anybody out of the water, but we, we all know the blocking schemes. It's just, you know, mix in 20 pass plays that you're comfortable with and, yeah. and see how it goes and get the ball in space to Addison or you know, some over the middle stuff to Hawkinson and move the chains and 
maybe our kicker can finally make us some field goals here. And it I'm is. more optimistic about the Vikings than some people might think. And it's interesting when, when you have that kind of change, like how offensive coordinators and teams kind of change what they ask of the quarterback. I think following the uh, commanders, I guess, last year a, a little bit when then Carson Wentz went out and they put in Heineke. Wentz was thrown at 50 times a game before he got hurt, and then they go to a ground a run-dominated game, and they're not asking Heineke to do too much, and they're much more competitive. And so if that's something, you know, they're not asking Dobbs to do a whole lot, like you said, just that simple, give him a one-two reads, and then that's it. Don't overwhelm him, because Cousins can do a whole lot more, I'm assuming, right? He's the more polished, developed veteran guy that you simplify things, and maybe you are a little bit more successful that you're finding that right right mix and another thing i thought about here with the achilles injury is thinking back to our last achilles injury um shock waves was week one with aaron Rodgers, and all the the talk was uh fake turf and how yeah. it probably contributed no no doubt about it so then kurt injures his achilles on the beautiful turf field of lambo which is grass mm-hmm. obviously but how about they're just old is that a possibility? <laughs> like, do we have to blame the field? No doubt, like, yeah. fake grass is inferior to real real grass. But everybody was up in arms, and the NFLPA was talking about demanding grass fields for everybody. And I'm obviously not an NFL player, and I've played on enough turf to know that it's not as good as real grass. But now we have two 30... Six to forty-year-old quarterbacks <laughs> that pop their Achilles while playing at a high level, and nobody's nobody's yelling at the Green Bay Packers saying your your grass caused this Achilles injury. Can we just say like, got some old dudes out there yeah. that maybe are past their their muscular prime? Yeah, or it's the mileage, not the years, but they've all had some pretty solid mileage too, you know. But yeah, totally. But that I feel like nobody's brought up like oh. The turf did it. I think that's kind of put the turf versus grass conversation, yeah. not to bed, but has brought it down a little bit. Another fairly large storyline here for the NFL this week. Have you had a chance to think about the Chiefs and Dolphins in Germany this weekend? This is Tyreek's revenge game. I read something online today of how Tyreek's all f- geared up for this big revenge game. Do you see it as a revenge game or... I don't know. What's that, your take? You know, that wasn't the first thing that came to my mind. And then I saw some headline about him saying, oh, they're going to get they're going to get the work uh, one way or another, whatever he'd said. But, yeah, I, I totally forgot about that. I just thought of it as like, hey, here's the defending champs and, you know, greatest show on turf volume, whatever three they're on <laughs> calling everybody the greatest yeah. show on turf. But, yeah, they're like it should just be a good matchup. Chiefs D looks solid. And I totally forgot about that storyline. But um, it'll be. Yeah, that, that's an, another element to it, I suppose. Well, I'll certainly be tuning in because the Chiefs are my my heart and soul of my fantasy team They're right the now. Core. But yeah, they are my core. Mahomes and Maato. I love that commercial, <laughs> and I couldn't I couldn't wait to change my team name to Maato. <laughs> it was well done. That uh, was, it, yeah, it was a. Oh, I just I I couldn't type the words fast enough. <laughs> oh. That's been my fa- favorite name that I've seen since um, last year. I, I I was banking on a breakout year from Kane Wong Wu, and so I went with Tu Wong Wu. Thanks for everything. 
Julie Newmar, but I couldn't fit the whole thing in my storyline. Which yeah. are you familiar with that movie? No. What movie is this? This is uh, Patrick Swayze, um, Wesley Snipes, and I think John Leguizamo in drag in an eighties movie. Like they're playing, they're playing characters that are in drag. They get pulled over, and there's like a officer gets shot and it's all hell breaks loose and it's just kind of a cult classic so to speak of so i got to put a big picture of swayze in like a big kentucky derby white hat with the full get up on as my profile picture for a while but canay did not break out yeah. unfortunately and that squad did not fare well either but yeah you, my you lost me on that one oh, you, you lost me with that reference oh. but you, you You've always been kind of avant-garde with your movie selections. You you dropped some movie titles on me that I still haven't seen. But if I if I want a a movie that's going to make my mind just think like Memento, when you told me about Memento, and then oh, we watched yeah, it, Memento's I was good. my mind was just shot after that. And how about the time we watched uh, The Usual Suspects? When I say watch, you watched it. I fell asleep on your couch. Oh, and then man. I woke up for the last <laughs> no, 10 minutes. The worst to see movie. Who guys like, Jose was. Spoiler alert. Like, who's, who's this guy? What's he doing? <laughs> yeah, who, who's this guy? Uh, oh, it's, it's the guy. Like, guys, I missed Sosa. something here. Yeah, I missed, I missed the middle oh, two hours man. of this movie, but I got the ending. Oh, always Funny. worth the rewatch. Oh. I haven't seen that one in a while. That's a. Classic. I still have that one on DVD. Absolutely. Still one of my favorites. Let's take a look at this week's matchups. We will run the gamut here. Let's see. We got John versus Teagues. We've got some serious buy issues this week for a lot mm-hmm. of teams. After last week with no buys, there are some seriously low projected scores right now. I don't think many people are above 150. The only person projected above 150 right now is Josh of no surprise. And we'll get to that in a second because you get the honor of trying to take that down. But John is favored to beat Greg. Greg's got two wins. John's got six wins. Who do you got there? John, probably John over Teagues. Yeah, I think that one, and he's off to a a pretty decent start already. It looks like, so that's, uh, got to go with John there. In case you don't know at time of taping, the Thursday night game is currently underway. What's the score? What do we got here? We got uh, 13 to 10, Tennessee's winning. We got Jim looking to break the Ofer streak, and he's looking actually even money. If you're a betting man, I don't know if you are. Elliot certainly is. He's told us multiple times. <laughs> Taking on Joey, and right now both teams are projected at 130 or thereabouts. Is this the week? Is this, is this Jim's week? It could be. I mean, he's knocking on the door. Last week, I think he put up over 150 and... When Cincy writes its ship, it, if not now, I mean, he's got A-Chain coming back soon. You're not going to want him on your schedule late in the season, I feel like. Speaking of team names, that made me giggle. When he came up with high-speed chase, I thought that was clever. <laughs> I do enjoy that. Good names Very in much so. And Elliot's right. The, the Joe Burrow-Jamar Chase stack is definitely going to put him over the edge and those you can't keep that those two down for long and they even tried their darndest last week to get Jim a win and came up just a bit short fortunately for Elliot he was able to hold off Jim Joey's got yeah he's got a couple buys this week that he has to deal with let's take let's do do you do do you have a chance against Josh um very slim you know it's going to take a Bryce Young uh, breakout game here to to get it done or some or some 
vintage game from Eckler and, and Hall putting up some big numbers. But um, I think I also have him at probably one of his lower projections so far. I will have to say, um, kudos to you for being 6-2 and two at this point. Um, I know you, you're a faithful listener to the pod, so you know I have been singing your praises for the last couple of weeks. But you just keep picking up those wins. And I think the most impressive thing is you keep outscoring your projections every week. I know that's not likely to last because projections are what they are for, for a reason. You, you seem to just keep picking the, the right player to play that's going to beat their projections. want to throw a little, little attaboy at you there. Well, thanks. Yeah, I mean, you did, you did oversell me pretty hard last week, I'll say, but I, I appreciate it. This one might raise some eyebrows with how low scoring it's going to be. We've got 6-2 and two Elliott versus 7-1 and one Shunk, and right now both teams are projected at under 130 points. Shunk has a few buy issues right now, including his starting quarterback, Purdy, and his breakout tight end, Laporta, are both on a buy this week. And, of course, Elliott's Christian McCaffrey is on a buy as well. So that's why you see such low projections for both of those teams. That that surprises me. Who do you think is going to come up? <laughs> Six and two versus seven and one, but both are pretty much projected to be the low scores at this point. Yeah, I, you know, that's a, it's one of those coin flips. It's, you know, is Dallas, that Dallas Philly game will be a big one. Elliot has a few Eagles going, and I don't see it staying that low. I mean, they've got, they've got the guys that can put up some numbers, so right. I don't know if I can pick a side right now. All right, last one, uh, Bob versus Getchell. Getchell's looking at uh, 120 points or thereabouts, Bob at 133. Both teams kind of struggling to gain some footing right now. I think Bob's on a, on a two-game losing streak possibly right now. Getchell's on a five-game losing streak, so someone's going someone's gonna to get a win this week. That's another interesting one. we got a couple guys like Watson coming back for Getchell, and, I mean, if he can regain his form in any way then you know he can he can carry you on the other side bob's got so many guys that could just explode in any given game you know it's like cup evans adams could go for 30 plus at any time dak could put up 30 plus i mean i think looking at getchell's roster too it's like it's his he's got a squad that just seems like all year has just been waiting to to break out especially his receiving core waddle watson from the beginning of the season, I looked at his squad. I was like, "Man, that's a, that's a deep sleeper." I think that I think he could make some noise, but they haven't quite come around yet. Let's let's dig in the mailbag. I've got a I've got a question. Actually, this is from you. You are one loyal listener to the pod, and you wrote us a couple of weeks ago. And in case anybody else out there really wants to ask questions, you can get a hold of us at Easy and PK Talk Fantasy Football at Gmail I noticed you got KJ Osborne in your starting lineup this week, and you actually reached out and asked us a question. You said, "You said I got, I got a trade offer for KJ Osborne that included the comment that just said I like this guy's attitude, which is actually one of the reasons that you have been holding on to him, and now you're starting him this week." I'm gonna, I'm gonna answer this question kind of on the opposite. There's, there's definitely guys that I've cut, and you, yeah. you allude to this in your next question about, about Watson, right? Deshaun Watson, in another league. Can you tell us a little bit more about? Deshaun Watson in this other league? <laughs> sure. Uh, so this other league is, I mean, it's it's an interesting league, man. There's there's guys, I think half of them are from, like, the Philly area. 
So I knew some of these guys from undergrad and, and some were from Florida, some are from Philly and they just, it's next level trash talk, like all year round. And whoever drafts Deshaun Watson just gets piled on. I mean, it's all good. It's all kind of, you know, they'll know each other well enough that it's kind of funny ribbing, but at the same time, they're like, you know, you're supporting this guy who's, uh, just thinks he can do whatever he wants. I, I can't. I can't even replicate there. I'm, I'm not a good trash talker. So it's that whole like trying to not get too sports washed. I think, but in fantasy, it's. I don't know that it's that relevant. But in any case, it it's just always funny to me to hear those those things go off. So you you're saying you have guys that you have cut because you just don't want yeah. to. Yeah, I get you. Absolutely. So there's good character guys, and then there's bad character guys. So I think at one point in my on my fantasy team, uh, this was. 10, 15 years ago, well, 10 years ago, I had Plaxico Burris, I had Ben Roethlisberger, and I had Kellen Wenslow III. Now, right there, two of those three, well, the one for sure, Kellen Wenslow III is a convicted rapist and is now serving time in jail. I, in fact, bought his jersey at one point and was wearing it before he Oof. got out of the NFL. But there, do you remember when Ben Roethlisberger went through some of his history, uh, you know, was allegedly assaulting babysitters and young women. I don't know if anything ever came of that, but I definitely cut him at that point. Yeah. And I didn't want anything to do with him. Uh, there was a string there where I had Plaxico Burris. He shot himself in the leg and I cut him. And then Ben Roethlisberger was accused of sexual assault, cut him. And then Cal Wenslow just, yeah, ick. Right. No, I don't want anywhere near that. So, there's just certainly been guys that I've that I've cut that because of just their off the field issues. That's my mailbag question of the week. Let me see if I can let me see if I can come up with one. All right, I got a question. So you're in multiple leagues, right? Yes. How do you handle the anxiety of picking the best lineup week to week? Because I get really upset and I live in the past a lot. Mm. Like in, in other leagues when I see some guy that's on the bench that has scored enough points that if I would have started him, I would have won that week. And I just beat myself up over that. That really bothers me. So then that informs my future decisions. I'm like, oh, he did it this week, so he's going to do it again this next week. And then he, I put in the player who's clearly inferior to the one he's replacing, and then he lays an egg. And I just do this whole like waffle flip-flop game. Do you... Do you have a strategy for picking the best lineups or do you have any anxiety about picking the best lineup or how do you, how do you just like wipe your hands and forget about it once you've, you've made a lineup mistake? That's, yeah, that's a tough one. I mean, it kind of depends on, I think I have different approaches to all the rosters and, and the leagues I'm in. I mean, with, with this one for a, for a while, you know, it's, I, I feel like I've had a lot of the guys that have had to like, okay, just take a shot in the dark and I got to throw, I've got roster options because nobody's good enough to be a plug in and just sit there and let them do their thing. And sometimes Devonta Adams is going to only get two catches. Sometimes he's going to have 18, you know, but he's your guy. You plug him in because he's that top tier kind of guy and you don't have to think about it. But then you get into those other, like the, the sort of, okay, I've got maybe a few options. Some of them are projected around nine or 10. Who's actually going to get it 15. I think part of, that's helped me is I'm in one league that's it's four people it's a four person league with two bench spots and so you are adding and dropping a top 10 guy every week basically you 
can chase the matchups a little bit and just kind of learn to you know live with your decision that you know i i didn't get the output i wanted but i liked the matchup at the start and just because i know an example would be last week i think our matchup matchup i had with uh teagues he had pacheco lined up pacheco lined up against the denver defense that's a great lineup i would take that uh a great uh, matchup i would take that in any league anywhere and and i thought he was going to explode and that was going to be a difference maker and he ended up putting like six points up but given that choice again would i still make that uh, the same choice like if i was him to you know start pacheco if i had a different option behind him like absolutely like that's a good matchup even if it didn't pan out that time so that's kind of what i what i've kind of gone back to think of is like would i make that same decision not knowing the outcome now but did i did i overlook something so that's kind of how i compartmentalize some of that stuff is you know, if I can, if I at least feel comfortable with the decision I made beforehand, even those outcomes that were maybe less expected or another example, I cut Gus Edwards this last week, right before he scores three touchdowns and feel like I made a informed decision on that. Like if he goes off, he's probably the guy I regret cutting the least as opposed to if one of these other guys goes off, then I'm, you know, uh, then I'm giving up a whole lot more. So I don't know if that is answering the question or too much rambling, but no, that was perfect. And I think some of the anxiety that I have depends on like the people in the league that I'm with. I don't mind making a bonehead decision in our league because I know you guys all so well, and it doesn't affect me personally if it doesn't go well. It seems to be my work leagues where for some reason, and I've always been this way, you've known me for a while, but like, I have anxiety about what pe- other people think about me. And then they uh, say like, oh, he's, he made a bonehead move. What an idiot. Yeah. I want to be perfect in my work league because I think that many people in my work league think I'm a fantasy football idiot. Like John says, a lot of it's luck. So yeah. why do I think that I have that much control over week to week happenings in NFL football when I really don't? And you just, I know, I just got to put my best players in and just live with the decision well i think we should wrap up it was a pleasure having you on the pod this week aaron and i I think everybody that i've talked to so far is really glad that you have stepped into the league and have really added some competition with uh with the team that you're building and the record that you're accumulating well i'm crossing my fingers that you're that you're you're run of games continues and you can cause some waves in that division because it's been dominated by John and Elliot for far too long. We'll see. I'll, I mean, I, and Joey's squad, I think is, is the exact opposite of mine in terms of luck because he does not deserve to be three and five or whatever he's at. And he can absolutely turn things around. That takes care of this week for easy and PK talk fantasy football. A special thanks to Aaron for joining us. Cool. And I look forward to having you again on the pod again soon. Hey, thanks. Appreciate it. And uh, yeah, good luck to you this week as well. And, and good luck to you. Awesome. All right. Take care, bud. You too.